when the Holy Spirit chose to tell us a little bit about the boyhood of Jesus and John the Baptist, he homed in on one thing. He said, the boy John grew mighty in his spirit. He grew mighty in the inner man. That's all he tells us. Because the boyhood years of Jesus and John are largely blank. We know very little, but we know that. Holy Spirit homed in on the most important thing regarding their uh, growing up, that they grew. It says of Jesus, he grew mighty or strong in his spirit, in his inner man, and in wisdom and favor with God and man. So the Holy Spirit pointed out that in their inner man, in their spiritual life, deep within where God lives in you and me by the Holy Spirit, they grew mighty on the inside. You can be very muscular on the outside and very weak on the inside. You can have the physical strength to whoop almost anybody, but you can't whip a simple temptation because you're weak on the inside. God's desire for you and me is that we be strong in the inner man. Strong in the inner man. Though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. So today I'm going to continue, this is the last message in my Staying Strong in a Sinking World series, and I'm going to talk to you about the, the last super important thing that we practice as believers to keep our inner man strong, and that is prayer. Prayer. Let's read Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, worry about everything. What is that? I'm sorry, I read it wrong. Don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? Pray about most things, a few things, everything. That's a lot of things. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you, if you do this, if you do this, something's going to happen to you. You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand or co comprehend or fathom. His peace will keep your thoughts. Notice, His peace will keep your thought life together and your heart's quiet. Oh, I love a quiet heart. Amen? And at rest as you trust in Jesus Christ. How many of you really love it when you've got peace in your inner man, when you've got peace in your thoughts and rest in your heart? Older I get, and we're all getting older, the more I appreciate peace and quiet. Peace and quiet. Amen? But that inner peace is the best. Father, thank you for the inner peace that only Jesus can give. Thank you for the peace of God. Now, Lord, speak to us today in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for establishing prayer in our life, maybe on a brand new level because of today. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, pray about it.
So, understanding from the Bible that the most important part of you and me is after salvation, it's our inner man. How's our inner man doing? Because as your inner man goes, so go you. As your inner man goes, so go you. Right? If you face the world with a strong inner man, you can handle challenge after challenge and not faint, not give up, not put up the white flag, not crater, not cave, not collapse. Instead of having a nervous breakdown, you'll have a nervous breakup. If your inner man is strong. So we've seen three ways so far you keep the inner man strong. The first one is you've got to feed it with the Word of God every day. Every day. I can just, I got to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you, as Christians, we cannot make it without a daily feeding in the Word of God. You got to be in there every day. Good news is, we're going to give you, we're going to make it impossible for you to not do that. In just a couple of weeks, we're coming out with our own turning point calendar for 2024. And in it, with every day, it's going to give you a Bible reading. If you'll follow the Bible reading every day, you'll go through the whole Bible in the year of 2024. Because we want all of us on the Word of God. Amen? Second thing is we've got to totally surrender to the Lord in every way. Because Jesus said, if you don't totally surrender, you'll never make it in the long haul. You've got to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow Him. Total surrender. Total surrender in every realm of life, or you won't make it in the long haul. You won't break the tape at the finish line like you really want to. Third thing is you've got to deal quickly with offenses uh, by forgiveness. Talked about that last week. And that message called, caused no small stir in our church because that's where we live. And we can't walk around with an offense and keep our inner man strong. So you've got to forgive. Now today, the fourth and final way that I'm going to deal with keeping your inner man strong is prayer. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to pray about it. Now let me give you a simple definition of prayer. Prayer is talking to God. How's that for a profit? You thought I was going to give you a paragraph. Prayer is talking to God. About what? Your thoughts, your concerns, your needs, and your desires. He wants to hear from you. Remember the movie E.T.? Phone home. Remember that? You know what God says? Hey, how about phoning home? How about giving me a call? How about talking to me about what's bothering you, what's hurting you, what's challenging you, what you're worried about, concerned about, afraid of, doubting, struggling with? Have you phoned home? Have you gone to God with it? Because that's prayer. That's, that's the simplest definition of prayer I could think of. And it's absolutely true. No book on earth recommends prayer like the Bible. This book right here is the best prayer book in the universe. This right here. Because this is God's Word. The Bible says it's inspired by God, breathed out by the mouth of God. There's no book like this book in all the world. There's good books, great books, but there's only one God book. There's a lot of other books, and there's the book. This is the book, the book. 
And this book, in this book, 650 prayers are recorded. 450 answers to those prayers are recorded. So you got 650 prayers and 450 of them answered in this book. If you go all the way back to the dawn of time, right after God made everything, you got Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Abel is killed by Cain. Adam and Eve have a third son. His name is Seth. And in the days of Seth, the Bible says men began to call on the name of the Lord. That's the first recorded prayer in the Bible. Men began to cry out on God, cry out to God, pray to God, ask God for help, share their struggles with God, talk to God about their stuff. Men began to call out, cry out to God way back in the dawn of time. Our Lord Jesus was a praying Savior. We have in the Bible 25 of his recorded prayers, and we know that his whole life was a prayer. But we have 25 of his prayers recorded. He was a praying Savior. He was so good at it, his disciples watched him pray, and they said, teach us to do that. Because Jesus was a praying Savior. Paul the Apostle mentions prayer, prayers, prayer reports, prayer requests, and exhortations to pray 41 times in his epistles. You read Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, read all that Paul wrote 41 times. He talks about prayer. He was a praying apostle. He said, pray without ceasing. Pray always. Thanking God. Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. You got a choice to worry or pray. You can worry and let it tear you down, or you can pray and let it build you up. Amen? Right now, as I'm speaking about prayer, millions of prayers are ascending to God from all over the world. If we could be God for just a moment, uh, we, would, we would be hearing millions of prayers coming from every corner of the globe. And God is right now answering tens of thousands of them as I speak. By the time I'm done with this message, tens of thousands will have been answered. We're in a praying world. We're in a desperate world, and people are crying out to God. They're asking Him for help, strength, deliverance, uh, safety. Help me, God. And believers are right in the middle of it. As a matter of fact, prayer is the language of the saved. Prayer is the language of the redeemed. When a baby is born, the first thing it does is cry. When a person is born again, the very first thing they do is they begin to cry out to God. That's the sign of salvation. Because now you've got a heavenly father and you're saying, Abba, Father. You've got a heavenly father and now you've got a relationship that is vertical. Everything else in your life before salvation was horizontal. It was you and people and people and you. But when you get saved, a whole new door is opened this way. And now you're crying out to God. And God is helping you and you're walking with Him and talking with Him. Fellowshipping with Him. Growing in Him. Getting to know Him better and better and better. That's the sign of salvation. Wah, wah, wah to God. 
For the genuine believer, prayer is as natural as breathing. I used to read, Paul would say, pray without ceasing. He said that. I used to think, how do you do that? But I started thinking one day, take any day of mine, any day of yours, if you're a born-again child of God, and even though you're not verbally praying without ceasing, you're fellowshipping and communing with him all the time in your heart. Because now this has opened up to you a new and a living way. Now you've got a pathway to God through Jesus Christ. And so prayer is a part of your life. All through the Bible, people pray for various things. They pray for victory and warfare. They pray for wisdom, blessings, strength, healing. Family members, direction, comfort, deliverance, safety. And to come into agreement with God's will. They prayed for all kinds of things. And 450 of them are recorded answered in the Bible. There's long prayers and there's short ones. I got curious, what's the longest one? It's Nehemiah 9, 5 to 38. 33 verses, about 1,200 words. That's the longest prayer in the Bible. But then there's the shortest one. Peter steps out of the boat onto the water. He starts walking on the water. Here's Jesus out here saying, come on. Peter took his eyes off Jesus, put his eyes on the wind and the waves, and he started sinking. When he started sinking, he prayed the shortest prayer in the whole Bible. Lord, save me! And Jesus reached out and saved him. How many of you this week said, Lord, help me? Come on. Lord, help me! What I learned from that is, Long prayer, short prayer, God always hears the cry of faith. Amen? And prayer in your life and mine is essential to staying strong in our inner man because God wants us to have strength in our inner man. Jesus said, the wind is going to blow. The rain's going to fall. The floods are going to beat against the house of your life. And if you are built on a firm foundation, your house will stand. Problems are going to come. Something can take place in a moment's time that changes everything. Suddenly you've got a mountain you're looking at. Suddenly you've got a challenge you didn't see coming. A, a, a tidal wave has struck you. How do you handle it? How are you going to bear up under it? The Bible says if you're crushed in your inner man, then you can't handle anything. But if you're strong in your inner man, you come through something like that to the other side even stronger. Prayer is essential because life is so full of stresses and temptations. Paul the Apostle said, in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous means high stress. Highly stressful things are going to come in the last days. Particularly, it's going to be harder and harder to be a believer. Are you aware that that's what's happening in the world? And and even in our own America? And often without being aware of it, we start accumulating, I'm I'm going to give you a little illustration, bricks. Every brick is like a problem or a care or a worry you've got. And here's the way the enemy works. You're walking along. You're doing great. You've just left church. You're floating. You've got a hallelujah, kumbaya. You are feeling like you could take the world. And before you get home, the devil slips up next to you and says, man, have you thought about your money lately? 
You don't know that it's him, so you start thinking about it. How are you going to pay that bill and this bill and that car? You hear that noise in the engine? You're about to be in real big trouble. And you take that brick and it goes into a backpack that you're carrying. Then he says, while we're talking about your money, let's talk about your kids. Your kids have been going a little bit wacky lately. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you're about to lose them. And he hands you another brick. And it goes into the backpack. Here you are. Now you're not feeling quite as light as you did when you left church. And he says, while we're talking about your kids, have you considered that you're going to have to come up with their tuition in a few years and you don't have a dime saved? What are you going to do? And he hands you another brick and it goes into the backpack. Now you're a little heavier. And then he says, while we're at it, that pain that you've been experiencing, that's been sticking around for a few weeks now. It could be the big C. And you go, wow, and he gives you another. The whole time, you don't know who's feeding you these thoughts. And another brick goes in. Now, you are like this, like some of you walked into church today. Pastor, you better preach me up because I'm down. We bring those bricks over time, accumulate and weigh us down, and they begin taking the joy out of our Christian life. They sap our joy, take the smile off our face, the skip out of our step, the gleam out of our eye, and all of a sudden, we don't look like Jesus did much good for us. Because the devil, if he can't keep you out of heaven, he wants to keep you from bearing fruit. Amen, Pastor Jeff. Preach it, brother. I am. I'm going to do it. Amen. Isaiah put it this way, even the youth shall faint. The youth ought to be the strongest. But Isaiah said, even the youth shall faint. He's not talking about physically. He's talking about in their walk, in their spiritual life. Even the youths shall faint. And the young men will give up. Put up the white flag, walk away from their walk, their Christian life. He said, the ones that ought to be the strongest end up collapsing in their inner man. But here's the good news. Verse 29, but he gives power to the tired and he gives power to the worn out and he gives strength to the weak. That's good news. God gives supernatural strength. God will let your strength and mine, he will let us come to the end of ourselves so that we can discover the supernatural strength that can only come from heaven. He, he will let us come to the end of our own abilities so that we will look up and say, Lord, if you don't do it, it's not going to be done. I've been waiting for you to say that. Here's my strength. And now you're walking in supernatural, Holy Ghost-given strength and power. I'm telling you, this is one of the benefits of a Christian life. When I am weak, how is it that then I am strong? By His power. He says, You will mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint if you wait upon the Lord. Jesus taught if we don't deal with our cares and troubles, they'll deal with us. Folks, we've got to learn to take things to God in prayer. Let me just give you an example. Jesus in his parable of the sower, he gives us four men. Four men, he compares to four different kinds of soil. And every one of those men hear the gospel message. The seed of the gospel is sown onto the soil of their heart. 
Jesus describes the soil of their heart this way. One of them is hard soil, one is rocky, one is thorn-infested, and one is good. Of the four men that receive the gospel seed with the four kinds of soil, three of them go bad and one makes it. The third one is the one that was sown among thorns, the thorn-infested soil. And I want you to look at what Jesus says about him. He tells us why. What did it to him? The ground covered with thorns represents a man who hears the message, the gospel message, but the cares of this life and the longing for money. What does it do? What does it say? Choke out. Everybody say choke out. The the cares of this world choke what? Something very important. Choke out God's word. Choke out God's word growing and moving and bearing fruit in their life. The cares of this world choke it, strangle it, until it finally withers and, and dies. And he does less and less for God. So again, notice what sabotages this third man's walk and his potential. The cares of this life, the worries. How in the world did the cares and the worries of life do this to this man? Because the Bible says, Jesus said, initially he receives the word of the kingdom with great joy. So he starts out right and he sputters down the road. What did it? Cares that weren't taken to God. The word cares is to be pulled in different directions by continuous distractions. That's what it means. So so I'm pulled in all kinds of different directions in my mind with various distractions. I got to this, I got to that. I got to buy this, got to buy that. Don't have enough money for this, got to pay the bills here. Got to take care of the car there. Got to take care of my kids. Got to do this, got to do that. I got to go here, I got to go there. And the cares of this life and all kinds of different distractions pull them aside and divide their mind until finally the word in them is choked. What did they do wrong? How did they miss it? They didn't deal with the cares the way that God wants you and me to do it. Because if you and I don't deal with cares, they'll deal with us. And your inner man won't remain strong. So please catch this, everybody. To maintain a strong and a healthy inner man, we've got to first remember that response is everything. Because troubles are going to come, trials are going to come. How many of you have been saved more than two weeks and you realize being saved didn't protect you from trouble? Right? It's not if, it's when the cares and the troubles of life multiply like heavy bricks in the backpack of, that you carry around, your soul. So, Jesus said, when the rains fall and the floods come and the winds blow, you got to be preemptively ready. And the way you're preemptively ready is your inner man has been kept healthy and strong. And you do that by taking the bricks to God. you got to unload on God. So he's tired of hearing from me. No, he's not. That's the devil. God's never tired of hearing from you. He wants to hear from you. Phone home, child of God. He wants to hear from you. People deal with the troubles that come, and I mean big troubles come, many different ways. They worry about it. They run from it. Some deny it. Act like it's not there. 
Others escape through drugs or alcohol. I'm just going to numb myself so I don't have to deal with the troubles and the trials of life. I'm going to escape. Some just break down. Some, some decide just to live with the endless, miserable stress of all these problems. But, but none of those are the Bible's answer. The Bible's answer, hear me, child of God, is to pray about everything. Pray about it. We're to pray about, amen, we're to pray about every brick in the backpack, every one of them, because you don't know it, but the more that accumulate back there, the more you are slowed down, the more it's a drag on your spiritual life, and the more you're not what you could be in God, as long as you're letting these things bring you down instead of you giving them to God. Peter said, casting all your cares once for all onto the Lord. For he cares about you. The big things, the little things, and the in-between things. He cares about you. Because he cares, he says, give me the bricks in the back. Why are you carrying all that when you don't have to? Because I'm your burden bearer. I'm the one who said, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light as opposed to the burdens of life. Psalms 55, 22. This is the message uh, Bible, paraphrase, but I like it. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. Amen. We need to read that together. Let's read it. Pile your troubles. Where? On God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. Amen. Now, I know this is Christianity 101, but I'm going to tell you, so many Christians, they want to go to graduate school and the things of the Spirit, but they're not even practicing Christianity 101 yet. And that is to pray about everything. When you pray about it, you make a trade. This is an incredible trade. You want to talk about a trade? Here's the best trade of all. He says, if you do this, if you pray about the kids, your money, your struggles, your temptations, your weaknesses, uh, your conflicts, your workplace, your needs, if you pray about them, a trade happens in the place of prayer. He says, if you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can wrap itself around. You know why? Because God's peace can be there when everything around you is crazy. God's peace is still there. When everything around you is going nuts, God's peace is still there. He's not saying, if you pray about it, I'm going to remove the problem. He's saying, if you pray about it, I'm going to strengthen you to go through the problem. If you pray about it, you're going to have what you need in your inner man to be able to handle the problem. The wisdom for it, the strength for it, the fortitude, the perseverance, it all comes from your inner man. How strong are you? How strong is Jesus in you? He says, if you do this. So that means it's a conditional promise. Uh, If I don't do it, I'm not going to experience that peace. But if I do it, I'm going to experience the peace. 
There's going to be a trade. My weakness for his strength. Uh, my perplexities for his solutions. My worries for his peace. How do you want to live? Isn't it neat? You don't have to pop a pill, smoke something, drink something, shoot something. This is something that God injects you with from heaven. It's the peace of God. The peace of God. So how heavy is your backpack today? How heavy is it? Did you come dragging in here with all kinds of problems? Let me ask you, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Well, I talked to my spouse about it, but have you prayed about it? Well, I talked to my good friends about it, but have you prayed about it? Well, I talked to my prayer friends about it, but have you prayed about it? Have you gone to the one who said, bring me, cast your cares upon me because I care for you and do it once for all, leave it there. Don't cast them on me and come back and take them back. Cast them on me once for all, leave it there. And I will trade with you your turmoil for my peace. Have you prayed about it? Well, I've thought about it, but have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about what is taking you down? I want you to stand with me today, would you? This week I caught myself walking around, thinking about things that were, just some things that we were dealing with that were just kind of getting to me, and I realized, here I am, I'm carrying this stuff. Why am I, why am I carrying this? This isn't right. And so I went into prayer. And boy, did I go into prayer. You know, there is a sort of a help me, Lord, kind of prayer, but there is a prayer that you are laboring in prayer, and you give something to God. And I did that. And I brought all that was bothering me. I took it to God. I named it. I talked about it. I conversed with him about it. I described it as if he needed it described. I described it anyway. I said, here it is, Lord. And when I was done, there was this peace in my inner man. And I had made a trade. And I wasn't carrying it anymore. It helped me with everything. It helped me get ready with this message for you. How can I preach this if I don't do it? Right? So where's the bricks? What you're carrying, where is it in your life right now? What bricks have you not taken to him? None of them are going to surprise him. He under, Lord, I hate to shock you, but I'm going to tell you something. Now, he already knows. He already knows. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He knows what you need before you even ask Him. So let's lift our hands to the Lord, can we? Lord, we need a strong inner man. And to have that, Lord, we cannot allow uh, to have our inner man choked out by things that we ought to give you in prayer and live in peace instead of our inner man being choked and strangled and wilted and hindered. No, Lord, we want to be free. We want to be free, and we want to walk. You said your burden was light. Your yoke was easy. That's what we want to walk under, Lord, not the devil's worries. So, Lord, we bring to you every concern. Now, I want you to take a minute, church. I believe this is spoken to many of you, and I, I want to ask you, why are you carrying it any longer? Why would you carry it? and not have peace. Bring it to him right now. Just say, Lord, I come to you with every burden. 
Let's pray it together. Say, Lord, I come to you with every burden, every need, every conflict in my life, every temptation, struggle, stronghold, obstacle, every mountain I face, every impossibility staring at me, I bring it to you. Lord, I cast it. I place it in your nail-scarred hand. I envision your hand wrapping around it. And when I leave your presence now, I leave the cares in your hand. Thank you for taking them. Thank you for the trade, your peace for my trouble. Thank you for the peace that passes understanding. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Can we just lift our hands and thank the Lord? Take a minute and just thank him. He's your burden bearer. He's the one that wants to carry your troubles. He doesn't want you burdened down and weighted down with endless troubles. He wants you to walk in peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you heard us today. Thank you, Lord, that we can unload on you and leave it there. Thank you, Lord, we can unload the backpack on you and leave the bricks there and walk away light, free to grow spiritually. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's sing it, everybody. Thank you, Lord. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Yes, Lord. I give myself away so you can use me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One time, me and Pastor Sonny went to China and India. Oh, I will never do that again. But we went. And I took a, uh, a carrying bag that was really heavy. I had never traveled that far. I wasn't ready for it. Hand me those, please, Leticia. I got a treat for some of you. Hang tough. So um, anyway, I had this heavy carrying bag. And the airport we went to, our gate was on the other side of the world. And I'm carrying this thing. Pastor Sonny cheated. His was on wheels. Mine was like this. And I was younger then, and I was carrying this thing. Hey, are you okay? I'm all, I'm all right. But inside I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that gate is, is an, inf- in, an infinite number of yards away from me. It's way on the other side of the airport. So I'm carrying this thing. I'm switching shoulders, carrying it, switching shoulders. Somebody walked up and said, would you like something with wheels? And I said, yes. They, they gave me this carrier and I went from carrying this heavy load to the wheels. Now, you can carry it or Jesus will give you wheels. Okay.